we're continuing a series of messages that we kicked off last week called Recalculating When Plans Change. Last week, we looked at a section of scripture that we found in the book of James, chapter 4, and there we found some insight from James, the brother of Jesus, on how we can make sure that our plans are in alignment with God's plans for our life. If you missed that message, you can find the video and the audio and some uh, dis- in a discussion guide to help you dig into it a little bit deeper. You can find all of that at praxischurch.us slash recalculating. We're going to be putting all the messages from this series on that page so you can always go there to catch up if you miss something or if you want to rewatch something or if you want to share it with a friend. It'll be all be available there. Today, though, we're asking the question, what do we do when our dreams die? You see, many of us experience this, all of us experience this at some point in our lives where we experience uh, a dream that is delayed or that dies. We experience an expectation that goes unmet, a hope that goes unfulfilled, a desire that goes unmet. Often these situations can be, these. The, when we face something like that, it can be really disorienting. It can be really uh, difficult for us. Oftentimes we can uh, find ourselves asking God, where are you in this? God, do you have a plan? What is going on? Are you even real? Right? It can be really disorienting. It can be hard for us to get our bearings. It can be hard for us to get life back on track. And it can be hard for us to figure out how to uh, align our plans in a season like that with God's plans. I'm so thankful that, that scripture, that, that the Bible, the New Testament, uh, has some insight for us on what we can do in situations like that. You see, there's actually a story in the book of Acts about Paul, the apostle Paul, the guy who's credited with writing a majority of the New Testament, the guy who uh, started many of the influential first century churches. Uh, the apostle Paul, he faced a situation like that where he had this dream that he uh, saw go unmet. He saw that dream die. He did not get to fulfill this dream that he had. See, Paul's entire life was centered around trying to live out God's plan for his life. He believed that he was created on purpose and for purpose. He believed that God had an incredible plan for his life and he wanted to fulfill that plan. In fact, when we first meet Paul uh, in the book of Acts, he's going by the name Saul. And instead of telling everybody the good news about Jesus and starting new churches, he's actually doing the opposite. And he's persecuting people uh, who are followers of Jesus. They weren't called Christians then. They were called followers of the way. And when we first meet Paul, he's going by this name Saul and he is persecuting those people. He, along with other people, saw these followers of Jesus as being a a false sect of Judaism. They were people who said that Jesus, this man Jesus who had been crucified, they said that he was the Messiah. And, uh, And so Paul saw himself as doing a good thing by going around and he was getting these people arrested. Um, In fact, we see him um, looking on approvingly as people are killed for claiming that Jesus is the Messiah. In fact, we see when the first person who's killed for saying that Jesus is the Messiah, uh, Stephen, uh, people picked up stones and they killed uh, Stephen by throwing stones at him. We see that, that Paul's there. He's holding people's coats while they throw stones and he's looking on approvingly. 
right? So he, he's doing this, but he believed that he was doing what God wanted him to do. He believed that he was fulfilling God's plan. And as he's going around uh, doing these things, uh, he's headed to another city to persecute some more Christians. And we see that God literally knocks him off of his horse and causes him to go blind for a season. And during that time, he has this incredible revelation. He realizes that these followers of Jesus um, are not false teachers, but they're right, that Jesus is the Messiah. And he completely reorients his life. Uh, he stops going by Saul and he changes his name to Paul, uh, signifying this big life change that's taken place for him. And he goes from persecuting the church to building up the church, right? He ends up writing a majority of the New Testament and starting all these churches. And he uh, has an incredible impact on Christianity. Uh, and so as all this is taking place, he develops this dream. He wants to take the gospel. He wants to go to the continent of Asia and he wants to preach the good news there. He wants to tell everyone there about Jesus and he wants to do what he's done in other places. He wants to go there and he wants to start churches. And he knows this is a good idea because he knows that Jesus, one of the final things that Jesus told his disciples is he says, I want you to be my witnesses in Jerusalem you to be my witnesses in Judea and to the ends of the earth. And at that time, the continent of Asia was the end of the earth. That was as far as they, as they knew the earth was. And Paul wanted to go there and preach the good news. But it's incredible. We read in the book of Acts that he was unable to do that. That dream went unfulfilled. And I think there's three different things that we, that we can learn from Paul's experience that if we applied to our lives, some principles that if we applied to our lives, would help us as we're facing similar situations. When our dream goes unmet, when our expectations don't come to pass, when life doesn't go the way that we planned, I think there's some things that we can do that, that we see Paul model here that we could do in our own lives that would help us navigate through life and get back on track. So we are going to read today in the book of Acts chapter 16. I know the book of Acts is written by uh, the physician Luke. Uh, the follower of Jesus, Luke, who wrote the book of Luke, he also writes the book of Acts. And uh, he's, he's writing the book of Acts here in chapter 16. And in the book, in, in chapter 16, starting in verse 6, we see that Paul and his companions are traveling throughout the region of Galatia. And it says they were kept by the Holy Spirit from preaching the good news in Asia. Right. So this dream that Paul has, uh, the Holy Spirit, God himself, keeps them from doing that. And then it goes on in verse 7. It says that when they came to the border of Mysia, they tried to enter Bithynia, uh, but the spirit of Jesus would not allow them. Right. So on two occasions, on t Paul, Paul's not letting this dream die quick. He on two occasions is blocked by God himself from doing this. Right. And all of us can face situations like this. Sometimes when we see a dream uh, that doesn't come to pass, it makes sense. Right. When I was a kid, I dreamed of um, I dreamed of being like Mike. I, wa I grew up watching Michael Jordan play basketball for the Bulls. I saw the dream team and I dreamed of becoming an NBA basketball player, not just any NBA basketball player, but like Michael Jordan level. Right. And what's what, what what's crazy about that, of course, is that I'm 5'10". 
and I'm not very good at basketball, right? So that dream makes sense that that didn't come to pass. Making it to the NBA, much less making it to Michael Jordan level, um, is, is not something that makes sense for for me, right? It makes sense when that happens. Also, sometimes in our lives, right, we pray for things and then we get a little bit of distance from it and we realize, man, I'm so glad God didn't do that thing, right? We pray, God, I want to marry that person and I want to be with that person. And then uh, a little bit of time passes and we're like, man, that was such a good thing that God didn't do that. Or like, God, please, I want that job. Um, And then, you know, we get a little bit of space from it and we realize, oh, I'm so glad that I did not get that job because the truth is that sometimes the things that we think will make us happy are exactly the opposite of what God wants. Sometimes we think the things that will make us happy are the exact opposite of what God wants. And they're honestly, they're the exact opposite of what would be good for us, right? So sometimes God's protecting us uh, by, by, uh, by not allowing some of those things to come to pass, right? But Right. So some of those closed doors make sense. Sometimes we make mistakes and we blow things and we close a door for ourselves. Right. And, and OK, we understand that that hurts, but we understand why that happened. But sometimes and this is the first thing that I think we need to remember is that sometimes God closes doors. Sometimes God closes doors and sometimes we don't understand it. You see, Paul had a good desire. He wanted to take the gospel to Asia, it lined up with God's bigger plan. But for some reason, God did not allow it to pass. He did not allow it to happen. And this can often happen in our lives. We, we want something good, and yet it doesn't seem to happen. Right? It makes sense why I didn't become a Michael Jordan-level basketball player. Um, but some of you guys also know this about my life, is that you know Nikki and I, when we first got married, uh, she was bitten by a tick, and she contracted Lyme disease. And um, through medicine and, and the help of doctors, she was able to beat that Lyme disease, uh, but it left her with arthritis in her knees. And we've seen all kinds of doctors, we've gotten all kinds of different medicines, we've prayed every prayer possible, and yet uh, she still has the arthritis. The door to healing for her seems to be closed right now. And we can find ourselves wondering, God, uh, that's not a bad desire. Uh, That's a good desire. God, you're on the side of life. Um, Her being free from that arthritis, that seems like something that you, that is good, that's within your plan. We know you're a God of healing. Um, Why, why does this continue? It doesn't make sense. Some of us feel that way about a spouse, right? We've been praying for uh, a spouse, uh, for, for, for somebody to do life with, to be in relationship with it, yet that doesn't seem to happen. For some of us, it's, it's a child. We've been praying that God would bless us with a child, and yet we can't seem to get pregnant. And uh, there's many situations that we can find ourselves in where a door, not a bad thing, but a good thing, a door to a good thing seems to be closed. I think it's important for us to keep in mind is that sometimes God closes doors. The prophet Isaiah in the Old Testament, he he says something that I think is helpful. He says in uh, in in chapter 22, verse 22 of the book of Isaiah, he says, sometimes God closes doors that no one can open and God opens doors that no one can close. It's important for us to remember that when God closes a door, we can war against that. We can fight against it, but when God closes a door, the door the doors closed. We can get so uh, we can get so caught up in that that we can uh, that we can we can miss a door that He might be opening. It's important for us to remember Isaiah also also writes this in chapter fifty five verse eight. 
he writes this about God. He says, my thoughts are nothing like your thoughts, says the Lord, and my ways are beyond anything you can imagine. It's so important for us to remember in situations like this that God's understanding is so much bigger and so much broader than ours. And sometimes it doesn't make sense to us, but it's important for us to remember. It's important for us to remember that God that God understands. It's important for us to remember, there's a few things that I think it's important for us to remember when we're facing a closed door that God seems to have closed. It's important for us to remember the things that are unchangeably true, right? No matter what situation we're facing, it's always true that you are a child of God. No matter what door is open, no matter what door is closed, you are a child of God. It's important for us to always remember that no matter what you're facing, you are loved by God and Jesus gave his life for you. It's important for us to remember that no matter what situation that we're facing, that God knows us better than we know ourselves. Scripture says that he knows the number of the hairs on my head. I don't know how many hairs are on my head, but God knows that. God knows me more intimately than I know myself. He knows you more intimately than you know yourself. So it's important for us to remember that even though it might not make sense to us, that God, God knows us. And finally, it's important for us to remember that God has our best interest in mind for this lifetime and in the life to come. Right. So it's so important for us to remember. So the first thing for us is that God, sometimes God closes doors, but it's important for us to remember, just as Isaiah said, that sometimes God closes doors, but also God is a God who opens doors. God's not just a God that closes doors, but he's a God that opens doors. Right. And so Paul's facing this situation where this dream that he has, it's not coming to pass. God's not opening that door. In fact, it seems that God has shut that door. And we know that that's a door from where we sit in, in, in the perspective of history. We see that that door never opened for Paul. Uh, he never was able to go to Asia. Other people went to Asia and preached the good news, but Paul was never able to do it. But God did open a door for Paul, right? We see in, in, uh, in verse 9 of Acts chapter 16, it says, That night Paul had a vision a man from Macedonia in northern Greece was standing there pleading with him, come to Macedonia and help him. So he, so he decided uh, for, to leave for Macedonia at once, having concluded that God was calling him to preach the good news there. Paul later writes about this experience. He writes when he's writing to the church in Corinth in 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 12. He says, when I came to the city of Treos to preach the good news of Christ, the Lord opened a door of opportunity to me, right? So in this time, God, God not just closed the door, but God also opened a new door for Paul, right? And he was able to go to Macedonia and was able to preach the good news there. Another interesting thing that happens here in chapter 16 of the book of Acts um, is that uh, there's a shift that takes place. Uh, it goes from being written in third person to be written in first person. Uh, Luke, the author um, of Acts, he meets up with Paul during this time. And so he goes from telling in third person the story of what Paul and the, and, and the other people in his group were doing to he begins telling it firsthand of what they're doing together. What's interesting is we don't know this for certain, but perhaps had Paul gotten to go to Asia as he wished, perhaps he never would have met up with Luke. Perhaps the book of Acts never would have came to be. We don't know for sure, but perhaps that was part of God's plan. God opens, God is a God who opens, opens doors, right? We must always keep in mind that it's God 
who opens doors. We can spend so much time fighting against closed doors, so much time occupied with doors that are closed to us that we can miss doors that are open to us. You see, Paul, in this moment, he he remembered what was true about God. He remembered what was true about his calling, and he saw the open door, and he stepped into it. And that brings us to the third thing that we need to remember in situations like this. We need to remember to never stop knocking, right? Sometimes God closes doors. God is a God who opens doors. And when we face situations like that, we must never forget to stop knocking, Jesus himself says it like this. It's recorded in Matthew 6, uh, Matthew 7, chapter, uh, chapter 7, verses 7 and 8. He says, keep on asking and you will receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking and you will find. Keep on knocking and the door will be opened to you. For anyone who asks receives, everyone who seeks finds, and anyone who knocks, the door will be opened. See, Jesus is reminding us here that sometimes we face circumstances where a door seems closed, but it's not a time for us to sit down and to give up, right? We see Paul model this. He doesn't give up when God closes the door uh, for him to go to Asia. He keeps on moving forward, right? If you're facing a situation right now where doors are closed around you, it's not a time to give up. It's not a time to check out, but it's actually a time to lean in. It's a time to lean into the promises of God. It's time to lean into the people of God. It's time to lean in uh, to seeking God in his presence. It's time for us to not check out, but for us to check in to the presence of God. You see, for the Christian, waiting is not a passive activity. It's not a passive activity. For us, for, for a Christian, waiting on a promise of God to be fulfilled is not a passive activity, but it's an active activity. We actively wait, right? What are you waiting on? All of us are waiting on something. What are you waiting on today? Are you waiting passively or are you actively waiting? Paul writes this to the church in Corinthian, in, in Corinth, in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 20. He says, no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ. So through him, the amen is spoken by us to the glory of God. What is Paul saying here? He's saying all the promises of God, any promise that you have from God, the answer from Jesus is yes. The answer from Jesus is yes. And what he says is he says, we are the amen. Our response to those promises are the amen. How we, how we wait on those to be fulfilled is so important. Our, our waiting on the promise to be fulfilled is the amen. Are you waiting with an expectancy of that amen? God, I don't see it happening in my life right now, but I'm anticipating the day that I'm able to say amen. Because in you, the promises are yes, and I will speak the amen over it. So I want to encourage you today, if you're facing a closed door, remember, God opens doors. Sometimes we don't understand why a door is closed, but there's a door that God's opening to you. And it's not a time to give up, but it's a time to lean in. It's a time to lean into God and it's time to lean into the people of God. You see, the church, the, the, the community of God, it's, this is a, a time for us to lean into brothers and sisters in faith. If you're not connected to a community of faith, to a church, uh, we would love to be that for you. Uh, That's what we're all about. We're all about doing life together, about walking through life together. We're not made to walk alone. Uh, If you don't have a church community, uh, we would love for Praxis Church to be your church community. 
We're here for you and everyone's welcome at this table. You're not meant to walk through life alone. I also wanna encourage you, if, as we walk through seasons like this, it's so important that we lean into God's, into Jesus's leadership. That's what we mean when we say Jesus is Lord, right? We lean into his leadership in our lives. If Jesus is the Lord of your life, I wanna encourage you, this is the time to lean into his leadership, make time and space to seek him, to pray, to, to be still and to hear his voice. Uh, if you're facing a season like that and Jesus is not the leader of your life, I wanna encourage you that you can make that decision today to make Jesus the leader of your life. I wanna pray for all of us right now. Father, thank you for who you are. Thank you for the gift of Jesus. Lord, I pray that as we face circumstances and situations in our life, that we would remember that sometimes you close doors that we don't understand, Lord, but we remember that you are a God who opens doors. And I pray that you would give us the strength and give us the tenacity to always keep on knocking. Lord, your promises are always yes. And I pray, Lord, that we would lean into those. And Lord, for those of us who uh, call you the leader of our life, Lord, I pray that you would lead us through these seasons. And for those of us who are making that decision today, Lord, we, uh, Lord we, we trust you. We trust you with our life. Lord, we put our life into your hands. We ask you to be the Lord of our lives. Lord, lead us and guide us, direct us. Lord, we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.